Hi everyone, I'm Sky Ross and this is Motherness, a podcast dedicated to sharing mindful and empowering interviews with mothers and experts. Together, we're shining a light on the realness of raising babies and life postpartum, from the first moments to the months following and the years beyond. Motherness serves to hold space for mothers in all their glory, to inform you, to include you, to empower you and to connect you. And despite our different experiences, opinions and approaches, as mothers who love, we are grounded in this together. In today's episode, I speak with a beautiful mum of one, Francesca Lundjevic, about her fourth trimester with her son Leo and her journey with postnatal depression and anxiety. Right about now, I'd normally be giving a pretty detailed intro about what you can expect from the episode, but today I feel strongly that it's not up to me to summarise Fran's story, and I'm sure you will appreciate listening to it in its entirety. All I will say is that I'm so grateful for her unwavering strength and bravery in sharing her story. So thank you, Fran, for having this incredibly important and helpful conversation with me. Conversations like this are how we eliminate the stigma of maternal mental health. So I encourage each of you listening to please reach out to a mum or a mum-to-be that you know, whether you think she's struggling or not, just to check in and see how she is. Just a quick warning before we begin, today's episode mentions depression, anxiety and suicide. So if any of these things are triggering for you, please take care while you're listening. If you're worried about your own mental health or that of someone you love, visit mentalhealth.org.nz or call 0800 Lifeline to seek support. Hi Fran, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Do you want to just start by introducing yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are and who you are a mother to. Sure, thanks for having me Sky. Um, My name is Francesca. I was born in Auckland, New Zealand and living there with my husband Ben and son Leo who is 13 and a half months and we have a dog called Alfred. (laughs) <laughs> awesome yeah the dogs are also a very important member of the family we've got one too <laughs> yes definitely <laughs> do you want to just um start by telling us about your birth with leo just so we can have a bit of context to your fourth trimester sure uh so my birth was pretty straightforward really it was textbook birth my obstetrician even said <laughs> um so i was a week overdue and I was booked to be induced on Wednesday afternoon, but went into labour early Wednesday morning, which was handy. Uh, we, yeah, we pretty much, we were pretty calm about it all. We didn't have a plan as such. Um, ben was probably a bit too calm. He asked while I was having contractions at home if he could go out and grab a coffee quickly. So <laughs> I kindly told him no. Probably not the best time. Um, but yeah, then when we got to the hospital and Ben had finally had his coffee, um, I had an epidural as I'm not a huge fan of pain and I was in labor for 11 and a half hours and had Leo vaginally at Auckland Hospital. Nice. And what were those first moments like when you met him? Was he placed on you straight away and you guys had skin to skin? Yes, yeah. So we had skin to skin. We had we did the cord clamping because those were, those were two things that I did 
want. Um, I kind of would have liked skin to skin for a bit longer, but you know, when you're just in the moment and then they want to do the checks and stuff, I just kind of handed him over. Um, but he was only really gone for like five minutes. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then we had the, his first feed, which he latched really well, which I like kind of wasn't expecting, but I then thought, wow, like this is going to be great. Breastfeeding's going to be easy, <laughs> which yes, wasn't as such down the road. <laughs> but yeah, so first moments was okay as such. Yeah. yeah. And how were you feeling emotionally? Were you kind of overwhelmed? Did you, do, did you feel, I guess, that love high or was it just all feeling a bit overwhelming and potentially a bit foreign? Yeah. So I guess I was someone that had always wanted to be a mum. So I was so, I was so excited to meet my baby for the first time. I had a great pregnancy, you know, and I kept thinking this is going, this is going to be amazing. And like, I can't wait. But when Leo was like, when he first came out and I saw him, I didn't really experience those feelings that, you know, people talk about you know they say oh you'll feel like a love that you've never felt before and I just yeah I felt numb and I I didn't really have any emotions and then yeah I kind of started to think why why aren't I overcome with joy why why aren't I crying like you know you see people you know crying and you know I'm finally holding my son that I'd wanted my whole life, but yet I was just nothing really. And that, that moment really stuck with me as well for a good few months. I went over and over it. Like, why, why did I feel nothing as such really? So yeah, Yeah. I was just, I just felt worried and like, what am I going to do? I now have to look after this child baby Mm. so yeah did you guys end up going to birth here for the next few days yep yep we did and when we first got there that was quite overwhelming as well um one of the I I really liked all the nurses and midwives there but just one of them when we first arrived was kind of like sped through breastfeeding and I just that was quite overwhelming and then I remember we it, like night time came and me and Ben were both just looked at each other like we don't actually know what what we're doing <laughs> and I remember asking one of them oh can you show us how to swaddle and they were like we don't swaddle here and so then I was like I don't we just didn't we didn't know what we we're doing but the day after that the nurses were like amazing and helpful and it was it was a good experience there I did enjoy it yeah. And how was your breastfeeding journey kind of starting over those first few days? Um, yeah, I thought, I mean, I hoped that it was going to be easy. And from seeing other mums, you know, out in public breastfeeding or even in my family, it looked easy, but it really wasn't. Um, and it really wasn't it was quite painful. I remember feeling sick every time he would latch and just, yeah, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it at the start. I wanted, I wanted to give up. 
And, you know, there were times when I would be feeding him and I would be crying and Ben would just be saying, you know, just, you know, give the bottle. or, And it was just something that I really, I wanted to persevere in. I just, I don't know why, but I really wanted to breastfeed. Um, And then, yeah, finally, I think when, it must have been maybe even six months when I would see a routine of his feeds and all that cluster feeding finished was when I then started to kind of enjoy it. And yeah, I guess I just, yeah, I liked it then. (laughs) And we've only just stopped breastfeeding. So around 13 months and it's weird looking back, you know, and saying now that I miss it. (laughs) It was like, the old me would have been like, really? <laughs> yeah, it feels like when you're in it and you're in the trenches and it's hard mm. that you'll never get to that 12-month or 13-month mark. Like it just feels impossible, right? It really does. And I mean, yeah, I'm glad that I stuck it out, but that was just my personal you know, thing that I wanted to do. We did give bottles sometimes to give me a rest because, yeah, there were times when he would feed every two, three hours. It's fed a lot. <laughs> yeah. And did you guys get any help from a lactation consultant or anything? Or was it more of a case of getting to know each other and finding your rhythm? Yeah. So I did get a lactation consultant in because my boobs were quite like, what's the word? Not engorged, but they were just very full all the time. Yeah. Did um, you have an oversupply? Yes. Yes. Sorry. That was a, Yeah. Um, and then she also said that he had a tongue tie, which which I had to make the decision to cut it or not. But because he was putting on so much weight, I decided not to. And in the end, he didn't actually have one. So that was good. I was glad that I decided against it. Um, but she was helpful and it just was good to have some knowledge from someone who knows what they're talking about when I obviously had no knowledge because it was all new to me. So, yeah. Yeah. And how were you feeling initially after birth in terms of like your physical recovery? Did you need any stitches or anything like that? And if you did, how was that recovery? Uh, No. So apparently I didn't have any tears. Um, I felt fine. Yeah, my physical recovery was the only thing I guess that was good um I didn't I couldn't really go for long walks or go up hills my stomach muscles would just really ache for days after um but yeah and then I had some back problems but no everything seemed all in order with me physically and so then let's talk about I guess how you were feeling emotionally over those next few days when you're at birth care you had those moments after birth where you just you say you felt a bit numb. How did the next few days kind of manifest and did you share how you were feeling? Um, no, I didn't really share then. I think I was just kind of going through the motions in those early days where I just, you know, I would be like, is he hungry? Better feed him. Is he, you know, need to sleep? you know, what should I do? I didn't really enjoy him in those first few days. I just kind of was always worrying. I was worrying about what I was doing or what other people might think. So, yeah. Yeah. 
did you feel like it was mental health or bonding or like a combination of the two? I don't think I was aware that it was mental health yet. I think I was kind of putting it down to hormones still, you know, going, which I'm sure they were. Um, yeah, I just, I didn't bond with him. I just was always worried that something was going to happen to him. So yeah, I definitely felt like there were not, there was, there wasn't any bonding going on in those first few days at birth care. Yeah. And how were you feeling over the next coming weeks, I guess, you know, as you recovered physically and you kind of were starting to get the hang of breastfeeding, how were you feeling when you brought him home and when you guys tried to settle into, I guess, like, for lack of a better term, like the newborn routine? Um, I didn't really like it. You know, everyone wanted to come over and meet the new baby and I just I just didn't want to see anyone. I just wanted to sleep or just, yeah, like try to figure out what this new life was going to be like. And it was, yeah, it was really hard with people wanting to come over and I understood why they wanted to. But, um, yeah. You told me before we started recording that you had suffered from depression when you were younger. Was having postpartum depression or anxiety on your radar as something that you might experience? Was it something you're aware of? Yes, it was definitely something that was on my radar and I had definitely talked to my obstetrician about that and, you know, he'd said to keep an eye out for it. I think as well previously having or suffering from depression, it helped me realize the signs that, you know, it wasn't baby blues and what I was feeling, you know, wasn't, again, those hormones because after a few weeks and then even a month, it was still... I was still quite down and anxious about everything that was going on. Yeah. And what are kind of, I guess, those signs for you? Like are you – like what kind of, I guess, um, are your triggers? Are you you quite emotional or do you just feel quite numb and quite flat? Um, I'm pretty emotional, yeah. And I also can get very – irritated by things like I'll get quite mad over the littlest things which then makes me upset and then makes me feel even worse um so yeah that's kind of how I knew when I was bad was just little things would just make me so mad and so upset or I just would start crying about nothing but yeah I wasn't really someone that would kind of be quiet you know you kind of could you could kind of see that something was wrong (laughs) yeah and did your husband pick up on it and ever kind of talk to you about it or did he kind of put it down to just newborn stage maybe baby blues I think he knew something was going on um but I also communicated it with him I guess before he maybe said it 
or said anything to me. I am, I'm quite like a big communicator. So like that's, was, that's a good thing. I think when it comes to those things, um, but yeah, so he, he knew something I wasn't myself and I, that I was struggling. Yeah. And what did you say to him? Like when you did start sharing how you were feeling, how did you explain it? I think I just told him that I, you know, I was really upset that I, you know, I would tell him that I'd be scared to be left alone with Leo because I was scared that something would happen to him, not that I would hurt him, that something might happen and then it would be under, you know, under me and all those kind of things. Like I just, what I would be worried about, you know, I, I had this thing where I was, I was worried about Leo's breathing all the time. I constantly had to watch him sleep and like Ben knew when I would tell him that, that, you know, that's not, you know, some people might worry about little things, but to constantly watch your child sleep isn't healthy. So yeah, those, I kind of told him those things. Yeah. And did you guys have a bit of a plan in place um, at that stage or you just kind of waiting to see how things would unfold? Uh, There was definitely one day where in the early stages, um, where we thought, okay, we better go to the doctors and, you know, talk to someone else about it, um, which we did. And the doctor suggested medication and getting some counselling. I didn't, I didn't want to go on medication because I'd previously been on it for depression and coming off it was such a big deal for me, you know, like you, you've overcome something. So why do you want to go backwards? Um, so I agreed to the counseling, which was at, um, maternal health in Green Lane. And that definitely, that definitely helped a lot. Um, but. I only went there a few times and then I felt a little bit better and thought, oh, I don't need this anymore. So when really I should have kept going, but I also was not liking being away from Leo, even though they do allow you to bring your child or your baby. I just thought going by myself would just be easier. Yeah. And so then was there like a second stage where it kind of got bad again? And if so, can you just talk us through what kind of happened? Oh, yeah. So I tried a holistic specialist and that really that didn't work for me nor was helping me that much. So this was all kind of over the space of three to four months. And we got to around when Leo was nine months old and that's when my depression really started to get bad. Um, worse than ever before, like worse than what I'd ever felt before Leo. I never felt this low. I was so mad and so irritated all of the time. And the turning point for me was for the first time ever, I had thoughts that I wanted to end my life and thought about how I was going to do it. And that scared 
the shit out of me. It made me physically sick that I had these thoughts. And I just, I I didn't want to feel like that anymore. Like I loved Leo. I loved our family. So it was also quite confusing having these thoughts. Like why am I thinking this yet I love love them? Um. So I, I then went back to the doctors. I said, Ben, you know, we need to go back to the doctors. This, this just can't keep happening. And I went back onto the medication and it was the best thing I could have done for myself at that time and point. Like two weeks later, I started to feel better and I was then able to talk about how I had been feeling those weeks prior, which I hadn't, I didn't tell anyone. I had just said, you know, like I'm, feeling bad again let's go back to the doctors so yeah and what did like I guess in those months in the lead up to that day what did like an average day kind of look like for you and how how would you feel throughout the day yeah so I was pretty good at hiding how I was feeling like other people, like friends and extended family. Um, so I would still go out and do, you know, mum things because I, I personally thought, and they, they did help meeting up with other mums and, you know, just having that interaction. But when I got home or just even at night time, I would just kind of just not – yeah, I would break down, but just almost to myself. And yeah, so my days would be, would start off high, I guess, and then just, you know, start going down and yeah. Yeah. And and I definitely hid away when I could, when I had those bad days. I would, I remember, you know, sometimes lying to friends, you know, saying that I can't meet up or something because I was doing something else. But really it was because I was at home upset and a mess. And how did your bonding grow with Leo over that time? You said that um, early on you felt like you didn't, you've just felt numb to him and the experience of birth but then on that day where you realized you were having suicidal thoughts that you like you were confused because you loved him so much so take us through I guess the journey of your bonding with him and how that grew over over time so in those first yeah, few months I would say the first three months I didn't really bond with him I just was looking after him and just doing what I had to do to keep him alive and I guess myself and then when he started to kind of interact back and you know smile at things that I was saying it kind of made me feel you know I must I must be doing something right if he's happy and then yeah, I think just from then, that's when I did start to bond with him more. And I, yeah, I just, that the love then came for him and it just, it did keep growing. And I still, like, till this day, still feel guilty that, you know, I didn't feel that right at the start. But now, you know, Leo and I have the most amazing, special bond. And I love him to bits and cannot imagine my life without him. <laughs> How do you feel about 
that guilt now that you've kind of moved past it? How do you reflect back on it? Yeah, I guess sometimes I still feel like bad that I did feel the way I did, but I know, but now I know why I felt like that. And I have talked to other people and about this situation and they have said that they've felt the same, you know, like, or I've read about other mums who have, who haven't had that instant overwhelming of joy and love, which, you know, it really helps hearing those things because then you feel like you're not, you're not alone. And what I was feeling was I wasn't the only one and the only mum ever to feel that. Yeah. It gives you some reassurance, hey, knowing that you're not alone and that, and it just yeah. makes you feel more normal and okay. And I think I completely agree with you. Like hearing those, I think can contribute to subsiding some of that guilt. Um, so let's talk about when you did reach out for help. When you spoke to your husband, he was obviously aware that this was all kind of happening. Did you fully explain to him like how serious it was and what was his reaction to it? Um, I guess I just kind of shared, I didn't share those thoughts um, because I didn't, I didn't want to scare him and I didn't want to upset him, you know, like I didn't want him to know how bad I was. Um, But yeah, I saw him in a different, light where I could tell that he it was starting to really affect him as well now and not a lot of things affect Ben they really don't so that was another reason why I wanted to get better as well because I just you know I didn't have to I I wanted to do it for myself and I wanted to do it for Leo and I wanted to do it for Ben yeah. And was there anyone else that you shared this with? Yeah, so it was my mum, but she definitely didn't know about those thoughts either. And I, st- I still don't think that she n- knew that I was that bad. She was around lots when I would be upset and she would, you know, she would sometimes have to take over from Ben and look after me just, to, I guess, to even give Ben a break. Again, I could see that it was affecting her. I mean, now being a mum, imagine, you know, seeing your child that upset and not knowing what to do because, yeah, they didn't really know what to do. Um, But I'm glad that I had them and I'm glad that I told them because then I really, I wasn't alone. Yeah. What were your greatest fears during that time? You know, there's a bit of conversation I think around postnatal depression and anxiety and women being worried that it's a reflection on them as a mother and that their babies could be taken from them or you know which is certainly not the case but was was that ever a real fear for you? I don't think I was worried that my baby was going to be taken from me. I was more worried about 
that I was failing and that I would look weak and I was embarrassed that, you know, I'm, I'm someone who, you know, loves to joke around and have a laugh. And I didn't, I didn't want people to see me in this other light. Like they would just be like, what, what has happened to Fran, you know? And so, yeah, I think there is that stigma around, you know, postnatal depression and anxiety. Yeah. And did you ever um, share what you're going through with any friends or did you kind of keep it quite intimate with just sharing with Ben and your mum? I think I did share little parts with friends, but it was more like, oh, you know, I'm having such a hard time, you know, and they would they would say the same. They'd say, oh, yeah, same here. But they didn't – I don't think they knew what or how bad it was for me. And I didn't – I didn't want to share that with them as well because, you know, most of them were new mums themselves and I didn't want to put that burden on them. Yeah. How do you reflect on – the stigma of postnatal depression and postnatal anxiety now? Um, I think women are starting to talk more about it, but I think for the stigma to really disappear, we need to talk about it in the same way we would about maybe having a cold, for example. You know, the more we talk about it, the more this stigma will hopefully drop away from it you know it's not something that is going to go away women do and will suffer from this and yeah I just think they need to know you know women need to know that what they're feeling is okay and that they aren't alone and yeah and just to reach out I think is the best thing absolutely do you when you look back on I guess the start of your journey with your postnatal mental health struggles, do you look back and think that there was something that I guess set it off or do you think that it was something that you were potentially just predisposed to? Um, Yeah, how do you kind of, I guess, look at how it started and I suppose why it started? Um, I think it stemmed from a few things. Um, one being that, you know, I have suffered from depression before, uh, the lack of sleep. I'm someone that I, you know, needs their sleep and as well, like the social media part, um, it, we compare ourselves all the time, whether it be you're not a mum or you are a mum. You know, you see mums who have it all together and, you know, they're showing their highlight reel, which makes you, you know, question, okay, like this mum had their baby six weeks ago and they're out at a cafe, yet I I didn't want to leave the house for two, three months, nor I, I didn't leave the house unless it was for a walk. I was, yeah, I was scared to leave. So I think those things really played a big part. And, yeah, it's just it was hard seeing other mums coping when you're not, but, yeah. 
when you look at those mums now, you know, who present this perfect image of motherhood that they're superwoman and they've got it all together and it's easy. How do you kind of feel about that concept now? Um, yeah, I think we're all guilty in a way where we do, you know, we want to share, you know, the wins of motherhood, you know, and there's nothing, there isn't anything wrong with that. We should share, you know, the wins, but we should also share, you know, those hard times, which people are starting to do and it, it, it's good. Um, I I know I was guilty of, you know, still posting things of the happy times when, you know, I wasn't feeling happy myself. But, um, yeah, I think we just have to, if you feel like you're down, that you just need to limit looking at that social media because it's not, it's not anyone on social media's fault. You just need to do it for yourself and for your own health and not yeah. just not compare because everyone is different and most of the time you know people are in the trenches in those early stages as well yeah and what kind of um what things helped you get better you know you said you went on medication what else contributed to you feeling back to yourself again um so yeah going back to that social media I would sometimes do days where I would delete the whole Instagram app or Facebook. So I would just be able to kind of like breathe, be in the moment. Um, I definitely, I started to go for walks. Ben would, you know, come for walks with me, which was quite nice because he's quite busy. Um, I would listen to podcasts to, you know, or uplifting, you know, things to help me. Um, I do... I wish I did go back to having some counselling. I think that would have helped me even more. But I think the steps that I took were good for me in that time. Yeah. And how important was sleep to your recovery? And I guess in the same sense, how was Leo's sleep? And how did you kind of marry up the two? <laughs> yeah. Um so I, we did sleep training, I think around four months, which I think I decided to do because I needed, I needed the sleep. Ben also needed sleep as well to be able to go to work. Um, but yeah, I definitely would try and get sleep whenever I could, even though sometimes I couldn't sleep. And, Ben would also take over if he knew that I needed that sleep. And sometimes I would do the same, you know, like it was a team effort because sleep is something that really contributes to your mental mental health. And I really, and I knew that I needed it to get better. So when Leo started sleeping better, I definitely started to feel a bit better as well. You know, when we talk about the fourth trimester, and I guess for you as well, that kind of, um, that stage of moving into motherhood sounds to me like it was a bit longer than that for you because of the struggles that you went through with your mental health. But when we reflect on the fourth trimester as a concept, I feel like we often talk about it being 
babies and how they want to be close to us because it's like they're still in the womb. And then we talk about mums in the sense that they're moving into motherhood and it's a new stage for them. But when we talk about that, we often don't talk about the dads. Mm. So when you reflect back on those first few months with Leo in your lives, how was Ben during that time? And how was having a newborn for your relationship? I guess on top of everything that you were feeling as well. Yeah, well, we had actually had quite a big, like, three years. We'd moved and we moved out of home and bought a house, sold the house. You know, we got married and you know, then we had a baby. So it was quite a full-on time. And then almost when Leo arrived, it was like we thought, oh, we can relax, but <laughs> we couldn't. Um, but Ben was amazing and I knew that he was going to be, but not to the extent that he was, you know, like he would teach me things that I didn't know, you know, if Leo was having trouble on the boob and I was getting upset, Ben would come and be like, oh, why don't you try it this way? And I just was just so grateful for that because that, that worked, it would work. And but I know that he struggled with feeling guilty. He would feel guilty if he was at work and not with us. And I know he would feel bad when, you know, he was home with us and not at work being a business owner. He wanted to be there and always help. And yeah, so, but we definitely agreed that, you know, being a parent wasn't just a one-way thing and we both needed to be present with the expectation of Ben being having to work and stuff. But, yeah, I think he did really well and he didn't read anything or research anything. So, (laughs) yeah, I guess he was kind of a natural. (laughs) And how... um has your relationship been since you got the help that you needed and yeah where are you guys at now yeah we're we're really good and I mean we were we were good when I was bad in a in a sense you know saying good he was always very supportive and I'm always so grateful that that's the kind of guy he is he always wants to help me and make me you know happy um so yeah and I'm I'm glad that getting that help has you know got made us stronger in a sense and I know as well that going through all these things as well made us stronger even though it was such you know horrible terms we got to know each other better and you know we had to really have conversations those big conversations around, you know, taboo topics. Yeah. Um, what expectations, I guess, did you have for yourself as a mum embarking on the fourth trimester? And how was the reality of that potentially different? So I thought I was going to be this mum that, you know, had it all together and knew what I was doing because, you know, I also – I studied early childhood. I have a bachelor's degree and I thought, you know, this, obviously this would help me in some sort of way. And 
everyone would always say, you know, oh, you'll be, you'll be such a great mum one day. And I almost felt like I had to live up to that as well. In reality, it was, it was completely different. I didn't have it together. I felt like all what I had learned at early childhood had gone out the window. I mean, you get to give the children back and then sleep the whole night through, but when it's your own, <laughs> you don't. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I had high expectations, I guess, of myself, which I didn't realize I had them, I guess, until, yeah, like recently that I, I didn't know that I'd put myself on such a high pedestal as such. Um, yeah, but, and I wish that I just didn't. And I think that would have helped me mentally as well. I just should have gone in thinking what will be, will be, and what kind of mother you'll be, will be. Um, but yeah, I mean, now I'm happy with the the kind of mum I am and proud of the mum I am. Yeah, absolutely. When you reflect back on Leo as a newborn and people kind of talk to you about the newborn stage, what moments and times stand out for you as things that were either hard or really beautiful? Like what are the standout moments of your fourth trimester? Yeah, when people talk about the newborn phase, I I automatically say I'm 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 not a fan. I say I'm not a fan of the newborn phase, which you know, and but I then say, you know, some people are. I guess some people are and some people aren't. When I look back at photos, I do wish that I was more in the moment with him. You know, there's there's photos of where, you know, you can tell that I am really enjoying it and snuggling him and it's and I love looking at those photos. Those photos don't ever remind me of actually how hard or what I was going through. Um but yeah, so I wasn't a huge fan of the newborn phase. <laughs> but there definitely were times where it was lovely and they are all new and cute and little. <laughs> And they smell delicious. Yeah, they really do. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it sounds to me like you really, um, you persevered for a really long time with a lot of things. You persevered with Mm. breastfeeding and you persevered with your mental health. What do you attribute that strength to and that survival? Like what got you through? Um... I I'm honestly I think it was just being in Leo and I think I am myself someone who I don't I wouldn't normally say this but I think I am a strong person and I yeah I just think I wanted to be better for my family and for myself and just, yeah, everyone around me, I could tell when I started to feel better, everyone else was feeling, you could tell that they were happier. And I know it's not about what other people feeling, it's what you should, but it, other people do contribute to, you know, things like that. When they're so involved 
Yeah. Yeah, of course. For any mums who are listening right now who are listening to your story and thinking, shit, that's me, Mm. whether they have got help yet or they're potentially struggling in silence, what would you like to say to them about how they're feeling? Yeah, so I was one of those people who I stumbled across, um, you know, a post on Instagram and this mum was sharing her struggles and I I was like, that's exactly me. So I even reached out to her and she had talking to her made me feel better just hearing and reading what other people are going through just you know, really makes you not feel alone. And and I'm hoping that, you know, opening up about my struggle with postnatal depression and anxiety, it raises more awareness around the mental illness, you know, and that mothers encounter this and how important it is to not only like check in on new mums, but mums who might be having their second or third or fourth, you know, it doesn't just happen to new mums. And I really hope that this helps at least just even one person to open up to their partner or their friend or just anyone they will reach reach out for help there's so many there's so many places and there's so many people that want to help and I found that as well that as soon as you open up other people will open up and everyone wants to help it's a natural instinct to want to help someone and it's going to be okay. It really will be. And you're not alone. You're not alone in feeling the way that you're feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, You said earlier that you kind of didn't really share a lot with other people other than Ben and your mum because you felt like a bit of a burden. How do you feel about that now and I guess what would you like to say to maybe the people that know you that are listening that didn't know that you were going through this um who might have wanted to help but didn't know how to it's a tricky question I know (laughs) no it's not tricky it actually just makes me a little bit emotional (laughs) just because I know that there will be people who know me and will definitely be like why didn't you tell me like I would have helped you. Um, and that's just, yeah, I guess like knowing that, like I know that people want to help me and I guess other people should know that. Like, you know, if anyone's struggling, just think people want to help you. <laughs> I just have one last question for you. And it's a question that I ask all of my guests. And I think if I'd asked you this question in the early days, your answer probably would have been completely different. But I love hearing that you've come out the other side of it and how proud you are of yourself because you bloody should be. It's amazing. You've overcome all of the things that everybody else goes through as a new mom Mm -hmm. and then some. So my final question for you is that I have a theory that the mother we hope to be is exactly the kind of mother that we are 
So what kind of mother do you hope to be and therefore what kind of mother are you? I hope to be a loving and caring mother. I want Leo to be able to always come to me about anything. I want to be approachable, you know. Um, Yeah, so and I hope that's the mother I am and will continue to be. And, yeah, I'm proud of who I am as a mother now, yeah. And I was at the start as well, just there was those issues. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing today. I know this is going to help so many mums and I really appreciate you reaching out because like you said, there aren't heaps of people in your life who know what you've been through um, and it takes a lot of bravery to tell your story. But thank you so much. I really appreciate it and I know so many others are going to as well. That's all right. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Motherness. For more empowering interviews like this one, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review so more listeners can discover all that motherness has to offer. We are at motherness.podcast on Instagram and our DMs are always open if you need advice or would like to chat. I'm Sky Ross and you've been listening to Motherness.